What's going on with you? This week, folks, it's your boy, Pasty. And it's your woman, Fat Mac. And them's my fucking bitch-ass dogs. Bitches. Welcome to Beef Sticks Podcast. It's funny. I Every now and then I'll call my dogs bitches. Not in a bad way, but because they're female dogs. And back in the day, my son would be like, you can't say that. And I'm like, but they're bitches. That's what they are. What they're they female are. dogs. They can't help it. It's in their and nature. Then, and, then he, and then he would be like, so I can call them that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's still not quite okay enough for you to call them that, but it's okay enough for me to call them that. <laughs> There's still a discrepancy in there. I'm not sure where it lies, but. Right. Oh, just uh, like in my household, they always just used to say hell's not a swear word, but you couldn't say hell either. <laughs> right? My grandma's excuse was, if you say it, you'll go there. Fuck, I want to visit. <laughs> It'd be a lot better way than Minnesota this, right yep, now. This way this winter's been, I'm going to take a uh, one-way trip to hell. By the time this episode comes out, we're going to be covered under six more feet of ice, folks. Six feet of ice folks. What are what are ice folks? Uh, abominable snow people that oh hail gosh, from the town six, of Mankato, Minnesota. Six foot abominable snow people. It's like fucking Harry <laughs> Anderson got them. old and, and turned gray. Just writhing and thrusting all over the, the great state just, of Minnesota. Just a, just a slew of snow Sasquatches swarming the sides of the state. Scary. <laughs> Surreal. Oh shit, did you hear? They're making another Critters movie. Critters, 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 Critters. I'm stoked for critters, it. Critters, Critters, Critters. Nobody liked any of the Critters. I love any I of the them. first two. Any of them! I liked the first two, and then they had like the rest of the five on Hulu, and I watched the third one. You know, was like, you know uh, how Walmart? You know how Walmart has the great value brand? Yeah. Critters is great value gremlins. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's what it is. I think like they know it. They know though, it because they're not completely gremlins different. Does not try very hard to be horror. I guess Critters doesn't either, but it still totes that opposite end of the line more. I think that I would argue that Gremlins um, is Critters for Gremlins children. is more. I would argue that Gremlins is more horror than Critters. I think Critters is more comedy. I suppose my, my, my standpoint, <laughs> well, my standpoint and opinion from gremlins is the second movie's better. So I always base everything off the second one and that's not very horror at all. Well, you know, the second one's only better cause Hulk Hogan's in it. <laughs> Come on now. Let's just call a spade a spade. Again. <laughs> uh, but you know, that they're all pretty bad I'm sorry all I know is if any of our beautiful listeners out there would like to get me a two scale size model replica of a a critter for my desk it'll it'll live on my desk and I will always love it what about trolls 2 you ever seen that no fucking watch that one trolls that's something else one of the worst uh, trolls 2 and um and uh, oh, uh, I can't think of the bird. What's uh, a birdemic? Birdemic. 
That sounds. You haven't seen Birdemic? No, it sounds like Sharknado. Oh and shit! I am automatically you gotta afraid. see Birdemic. Yes, it's it's Sharknado on a fifty dollar budget, but with birds. <laughs> Seriously, this is a, like I think it was a college film, and they had never thing? heard of the movie The Birds. Oh, I'm sure they had. I mean, this this has got the birds written all over. This is this is when college students saying, "God damn, my dad bought me a camcorder. I bet I could do Alfred Hitchcock's birds better than him." <laughs> and we got Birdemic. But Trolls Two is a sequel to Trolls that has no trolls in it, and has the worst reading of no ever. And that's worse. Worse than Darth Vader at the end of episode three going, no, you got to see, you got to see both of them, but I I recommend Birdemic because it is just so fucking horribly shitty. You got to see Birdemic. Awesome. I'll definitely check it out. You ever see Rubber? Now that we're talking about. Yes. Yes. The the, the tire. It's not a condom, folks. Which, by the way, there is a horror movie called Killer Condom where it eats men's junk. Which is right up there with the horror movie called Teeth. Yeah, right. I'm like, is that the sequel to Teeth? Where you're You're not safe no matter what route you take. (laughs) Teeth for anybody listening who doesn't know. For anybody who doesn't know, because Pacey and I know what Teeth is. Teeth is this horror movie about this girl who's born with fangs in her vagina. And every time somebody tries to fuck her, it eats their vag- their their dick. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fucking great. But Rubber, yeah, Rubber is about a killer tire. I just can't believe it because Teeth, like, Teeth is like the thing that every 10-year-old comes up with the plot to with their friends. Right. And we're all like, that, that'll never be a movie. And it, it, it's a movie. One, one of those groups of friends went through with the idea. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we were the only ones who thought of this shit. No, no every, I, every 10-year-old boy, I think. <laughs> and Rubber was some son of a bitch was watching Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive and was like, you know, the truck isn't really evil. It's the tires that are evil. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, it's a movie you have to watch once as a human being. Oh, Rubber is, I yeah, recommend Rubber watching is up Rubber there with him. While inebriated. It's the only way I watch anything, <laughs> Loke. I, I wake up to Bloody Marys and mimosas. Mmm. 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 I'm somebody, sipping somebody, out on a Mountain Dew and coconut rum. Somebody was walking past me the other day and was singing a song, and they said, I wish I had the money that Bubba spends on. And he stopped. He looked at me, and he said, what do you spend money on? I looked him dead in the eye and said, cocaine and hookers. (laughs) (laughs) He just kind of stood there for a little bit because I was just poker facing him the whole time. It was good. And then he told me a story about a time he picked up a hooker but said he's never done cocaine. So, <laughs> you know. Pacey, we could probably get into the show anytime now. <laughs> I suppose that's got to start at some point, huh? Holy shit. Oh, shit. I don't know what happened. We went to critters to fucking <laughs> vagina eating dicks to cocaine and hookers to. <laughs> 
top of the show. Top of the show. It's the time that you know that we give the old blow to our friends. Um, okay. Under the desk. Under the you know, desk. A little slap and pickle. Yeah. And of course, we're going to start out with Monster Wear. Get your small runner bulk orders on decals, stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabrics, along with custom graphics and local design services offered. Get your deals at MonsterWare, facebook.com forward slash MonsterWare. Hit up my boy, Corey Matthews. Tell him pasty said, make you some shit, and he'll make you some shit, and he'll hook it up nice. And then you got to give him a hand job. Well, you don't have to do that. He may appreciate it. it do- I mean, it doesn't hurt. Hear it with his wife first, though, if you know what's good for a tip's you. a tip. Just the tip. <laughs> Boom. And then, of course, we got my good friend, that dude, Saint, owner and proprietor of Qualities of Wilmer, Minnesota. You can put in your orders at qualitiestshirtco at gmail.com or catch him in person at Wilmer Mania coming up April 6, 2019. Break it down. Yeah, funky. Doors are at 6 p.m. Bell time is 7 p.m. Get your tickets for $15 general admission. $10. And kids 8 and under are free. AWF is a great family-friendly promotion, and they always put on a good time for people of all ages. And that dude Saint, AWF, and Pep's Barbershop are teaming to put on Wilmer Mania, and it's going to happen on an annual basis, and each year it will grow and continue to get stronger and better. You want to be at the first one. So check it out. And check out Qualities today. And we will be featuring at Wilmer Mania such talents as the infamous Tony DiNucci. Yeah. And Randy the Rainmaker Reigns, who I had a chance to uh, interview one time, and he told me when I asked him, what is it like to be the least famous Rainmaker? (laughs) (laughs) He laughed and said, you know, actually, both of us took on the nickname the Rainmaker in the same year, and he's like, I'm not sure exactly which one was first. (laughs) Um, but it was just a fun little, <laughs> fun little thing. You gotta ask him, Plus, if you folks, see him again, you gotta ask him if he feels overshadowed by Roman Reigns' return from leukemia. <laughs> right. So many Reigns and Rainmakers and the man just isn't in the, uh, isn't in the loop. Sorry. Sorry, Randy. He's a hell of a heel though, folks. A hell of a heel. Good show. Good stuff. Good talent. Go check it out. Watch it. It's going to be awesome. Do it. And don't forget about the Galactic Get Down. Who could forget? As we've told you before, they're celebrating the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11. 11. The moon landing. 
And this is a inter interstellar fourth annual galactic get down music festival. Three days, folks. You get to enjoy yourself with the wildest, the wackiest, the grooviest, the most out there in space folks you have ever met in your life. You get to listen to the music. You get to camp in the beautiful Outback Ranch. You get to enjoy all of the crafts and the arts and the painting and the vendors and so much more. We got fire dancers and bubble makers. A little bit for everybody. It's an all-ages show. It's family-friendly. Plenty of activities on site. Go there. Support your local vendors. Support your local food trucks. Support your local musical acts. Support the Galactic Get Down. It is running July 18th, starting at 7 p.m. through July 20th until noon p.m. Let's get out of this world! Hey, and did you see you Galactic Get Down is in the top five for City Pages? Best festivals in Minnesota. They're up with some heavy hitters such as Shangri-La, Revival, Soundset, and the Basilica Block Party. That's intense. Top That's insane to see this festival we've gone to since year one. With festivals that have been around for upwards of 20 years. It's nuts. Pacey, we have been down since day one-ish. Yes. <clears throat> Tickets are available at galacticgetdown.com. And as always, Galactic Get Down is promoted by Beefsticks Podcast, Cloud Style Broadcasting, but brought to you by Dead Larry, Seahorse Productions, and Vicarious Visions. Yes, indeed. And it's a killer lineup this year. Come on down and see that one guy. Third year in a row. It's always a great time. Uh, another major headliner is Heatbox, his first Galactic Get Down. I'm really excited for you to see him. This guy beatboxes, puts it on loop, and then does his tracks over it, and he's pretty fucking fantastic. It's going to be just fan. It's going to be badass. It's going to be out of this world, astronomical, galactic, cosmic. Blow your mind. Mm-hmm. You know what blows my mind? What's that, basically? Potentially how much Arn Anderson actually fucked up causing WWE to release him. Gosh darn it, Arn! <sighs> so multiple sources yeah. have confirmed that Arn Anderson was fired because Alicia Fox showed up at a live event while she was allegedly intoxicated on February 21st. Anderson was the agent for her match and allowed her to perform. Word got back to Vince, who was reportedly furious when he found out. There apparently have been some other issues which Anderson in, with Anderson in the past. However, that was the final straw. Anderson had been working with WWE since it bought WCW in 2001. 
He would occasionally appear in backstage segments and even got physical at the WWE Starcade event in November of 2017, where he delivered his trademark spinebuster to Dolph Ziggler. Good old Nikki Nemeth. Fox's stats with WWE is unclear, although WWE has offered rehab, but is unknown as of this recording if she accepted their offer. And one thing I heard, but not from a very credible resource, was that she had declined their offer for rehab, and she kind of has just not been back since and just kind of went off on the lam. Something I heard. I don't know how true that is, but I'll toss that in there. I can I can just see it now. God damn it, Arn! You fuck around. You went out there and let the NWO make an ass of yourself. You got stabbed by Sid Vicious by a pair of scissors, you bastard! And now you let someone go out drunk. I've given you a lot of straws, but that was the final straw. You know what pisses me off the most, Arn? Is now I gotta let go of Alicia Fox. And if there's anything I like more than the straws in my straw holder, <laughs> it's chocolate titties. <laughs> uh. This is... I... I Nobody knows what this is, I guess, other than Arn, Alicia, and maybe a handful of other folks. But I'm going to give you my opinion on it. My opinion is this is an old school guy. Now, obviously, he's been in the business constantly. So he, he knows what the real world is like. He knows where we live today in 2019. But to me, this seems like an old school guy who back in the day when wrestlers showed up and they were fucked up. They'd be like, you know, throw them, throw them a can or something, you know. Here, here, catch this real quick. Oh, if they caught it. All right. Go out there. But I'm going to chew your ass out when you come back. You know, I mean, yeah. they used to do yeah. that back in the day. And Arn's an old school cat. And Fox has been around for a, a decently long amount of time. A hell of a long time for a, a female right now in WWE. Mm-hmm. She's one of she's one of the veterans, which is kind of sad, sad to say. But um, she is, and so is Natalia. Um, yeah, this and, is the and era it's, we live in. <laughs> but it is—it's wrong. You at this point, we all know you should never let anybody go into the ring intoxicated for the fact that you are risking at a minimum three people's lives. That performers, the opponent they're against, and the referee. Right. That doesn't count any people ringside who may get hurt or any other people involved. At minimum, you're risking three people's lives. So I I don't personally feel bad if Arn Anderson got fired because if this is true, I don't feel bad. I feel justice was done. I feel bad for Alicia Fox. I hope she does accept rehab. I hope she does come back. She's one of my least favorite WWE superstars, but I don't want to see anybody go out this way. Right, yeah. Get future endeavored like everybody else, and then you can go to AEW, TNA, Lucha. There's a million and one places right now, and we know that. Yeah. And honestly, I think he would definitely not have let it happen if it was on, like, Raw or SmackDown or a tape show. 
Well, I don't think he'd have a choice at that point because there's producers in, in yeah. gorilla position. But yes, I, I do agree with you. The fact that it's a house show and not a televised event, you probably, again, the old school in them probably gives a little leeway. Yeah, right. I don't know this. This is me just shooting from the hip. But hey, that's what we do around here. It could have been it's easily sad. avoided it's, if it's the case, you know. That's that's the saddest part. Like all you had to do was say It could no. have been Yeah, it could have been easily avoided on both accounts. Yeah. A, Alicia could have not gotten fucked up before she came to work, and B, Arn could have seen she was fucked up and said, "You're not going out. We're calling an audible." And have some kind of smash shit, especially at a house show. You're right. not fucking up a TV taping. Yeah. Just have a smash fucking bullshit. Well, I mean, even if it was a TV taping with Alicia Fox, are you really fucking anything up? No. She's never... If it was a TV taping, Alicia Fox wouldn't be on there, so we don't have to (laughs) worry. But still, no. Um, Yeah, aren't seen better days. But, you know, with... As we talked about last week, with the influx... Influx. The influx. (laughs) It's my favorite kind of influx. Influx. We have to influx pasty on a on a on a Jim Cornette thing, but that'll come later. Yeah. On the influx of great talent coming in backstage, Arn Anderson probably isn't the biggest loss at this point. And to be honest, that may be a factor in why they were willing to just axe him over this. Maybe not. I mean, it should have happened no matter what. But they definitely got a good crew backstage. That Arn Anderson, he'll be missed. But I don't think he needs to be there. Right. Honestly, too, with the with the talent they've been hiring, I think maybe they were planning on getting rid of him anyway, and this was just really the straw that broke the camel's back. My straws! <laughs> How can I drink my chocolate titty milk without my straws, Arn? I like the ones that bend on the top so I don't have to hover above my drink. But, now but I, I don't like them. those. I gotta don't like those like crazy, crazy straws. Straw. <laughs> crazy straws. They take too long to get to my mouth. They go everywhere. <laughs> Why don't you go straight to my mouth like those sane straws? Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck you, fuck you, fucking Vince. Settle down, Vince. It's just a straw, man. <laughs> Just he just true. he keeps a, a crazy straw in a glass cabinet on the wall that says break in case of emergency. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's where shit everything flies off the handle. And it's the craziest straw you've ever done seen. Like this ain't a crazy straw you had when you were a kid. No, this is the CEO CEO of WWE's crazy straw. This thing this straw goes into the fifth dimension. It's got more gold on it than all the championships combined. <laughs> it's it's a crazy strike. I love it. Pacey, the other news that almost made the top story but just missed out, and it's kind of, it could be a toss up. Let's be honest, it could be a toss up. The Arn Anderson one involved two superstars, so that got the nudge if you will. Yes. And to be honest, this this fellow that we're going to talk about maybe isn't as well known today. And there's a good chance that a lot of listeners might not even know who we're talking about, which is sad. But Chris Pallies, 
who's better known as King Kong Bundy, passed away this week at the age of 61. That's young, but as far as wrestlers go, that's solid. It's too young. It is too young. News broke Monday evening. Palis, who was born in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and was trained to wrestle by Larry Sharpie at the famous Monster Factory in Jersey, he debuted on March 7, 1981, wrestling for the World Wrestling Federation under the ring name Chris Canyon. Now, this was not the Chris Canyon some of you know as Christopher Morgan Cluxardis, which I'm not sure that's how I'm saying his name right, but Cluxardis. But he was the original Chris Canyon. In the early years of his career, he used the names Chris Canyon and Chris Cannon. He didn't do that on purpose. He just mixed up the two words a lot. Yeah, it was like he just he told the guy his name before they came out, and they just funked it up. He, and he, he talks like I talk, it. and he, you know, trying to say canyon sometimes it says canon. Kind of like remember the old uh, remember the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man movie, and he's like, "I'm the Man Spider," and the guy says, "The Amazing Spider Man." It was basically that. That's where they got that story from. <laughs> Macho Man gave it to him while he was on set as Bonesaw McGraw. He was like, you know what? Uh, good old uh, King Kong Bundy uh, went by Chris Canyon. But they called him Chris Cannon. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Bundy was, was developed by the... Cannon. <laughs> it was. Now it's canon. It's canon now. <laughs> we said it. Well, Macho said it. It's on the paper, dotted lines, crossing T's, dotting I's. It's the Mandela effect, Even I'm put a comma you. in that bitch. <laughs> Mandela's not in prison, oh no. Uh, Bundy was developed by the Von Erics as Big Daddy Bundy. <laughs> Which was uh, a much cooler name, I think, and a combination of Shirley Crabtree's Big Daddy moniker and the name of the infamous psychopath Ted Bundy. Then adopting the killer gorilla King Kong name that he came to be remembered for. At six foot four inches tall and weighing in... At 458 pounds in his heyday, he was aptly named the Walking Condominium, according to the WWE. He dominated the first WrestleMania event at Madison Square Garden in 1985 by defeating S.D. Jones in just nine seconds, pasty. That's impressive. That set a record which remained until 2008. He also challenged Hulk Hogan for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 2, losing out to his opponent in a steel cage match. That was old Big Blue, and that is one of my favorite WrestleMania matches of all time, and that is one of my son's first favorite matches, and King Kong Bundy was one of my son's first favorite wrestlers. And he'll always hold a place close to my heart, if not just for that. The event would nonetheless go down as one of wrestling's most iconic moments. Pallies went into semi-retirement in 1988 before returning to the WWF in 94 as part of the Million Dollar Corporation headed by the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, and he faced The Undertaker at WrestleMania 11 back in 1995. 
He did eventually retire from the WWF in 95, and he started a second career, which included both stand-up comedy and appearances in a number of films, Pasty. Know any of the films? Um, That darn cat. Oh, nice. King Kong Bundy versus Godzilla Flair. Um, (laughs) Now you're just making shit up. I'm just making shit up. Fun fact, though. That I didn't research for this, but I just happen to know. What's, what's, I I would say semi-common knowledge is that on the show Married with Children, the name the Bundys was created because the writers were wrestling fans and it was named after King Kong Bundy. What is less known, though, is that their neighbors, the Rhodes, were actually named after Dusty Rhodes. So there you That's go. That's pretty awesome. Little fun trivia That's there. That's a damn good show. And it's on Hulu. I might have to go back and watch it again soon. Hulu it up, baby. Oh, yes. Pasty, I'm going to pause for the cause for a second. And since I just happened to be taking a swag of my beer, and I reminded myself the last time I was here drinking this beer, it wasn't quite I did clear. not. S- it wasn't clear because I didn't say anything about it. Last week, I talked about my peanut butter cup beer, which was better than I expected, and I was super surprised. But two weeks ago, I had a beer that I super liked, super and I bought it again this like. week. And this is also from Excelsior Brewing Company, which brought us the... Um, fuck, what was it? Pan Ran or Fan Man? I don't remember what the peanut butter cup one. It was it was a name that had nothing to do with peanut butter cups. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Anyways, this one has something to do with what the beer is. It's the mini ha hop IPA. There you go. A take on the name uh, mini ha ha. And this here, according to Excelsior, and according to me, is an easy drinking IPA made with citra. Sriracha Ace, Amarillo, mm. and Chinook Hops. This is an actually a, a nice... I like my IPAs hoppy. I like my hoppy beer hoppy. And this is very hoppy and yet light at the same time. I wouldn't call it smooth. Uh, but not, not dark or, or harsh. It's somewhere... Maybe medium in that respect, but super hoppy. Like, you you taste the hops as you're drinking it. Um, nice, bitter, hoppy. Not smooth, but not heavy. Somewhere in the middle. If you like yourself a India IPA Pale Ale Mini Ha Hop Excelsior Beer, baby. Is it brewed from the waters of Mini Ha Ha Falls in South Minneapolis? The beautiful, pristine, not at all polluted waters. Have you ever been purified in the waters of Lake Minnetonka? <laughs> Good old prince. <laughs> um, Probably not, but it's still a good beer. It's got a picture of Minnesota on it. Brewed and bottled in Excelsior, Minnesota. Yes, indeed. They're a great brewing company. I, I always enjoy their beers. I, I will definitely be putting the mini hop on my list of beers to buy. 
Well, hey, I got, I got, I got more of the story here before we move on, and we got to get going. But intentionally sunk, intentionally sunk. Some drunk ass did this on purpose. Intentionally sunk in 1926, the steamboat Minnehaha spent five decades at the bottom of Lake Minnetonka. Oh my oh, gosh, shit. it was purified in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. It was Prince there. Damn. Dust he was. For Prince. He pre- no, Prince. fingerprints. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Prince preserved and was raised, restored, and renewed for a second act. This tribute, Minnehaha, salutes the spirit of the Minnehaha by reinventing the traditional IPA with a new broader fruit profile from Citra, Sriracha Ace, Amarillo, and Chinook Hops. A new commission for a noble classic. Damn right. Damn this, right. Pacey, this is what it tastes like when doves cry. Tastes like Mountain Dew and coconut rum. And it tastes damn good. Because that's what my mouth tastes like right now. That is an awkward combination, but I bet you it gets the job Whatever done. Whatever works, you know? Yeah, nah. No. Nothing like tropical in mountains. It's like I'm in Hawaii. It's like I'm in Hawaii. But not New York. No, and somebody else who won't be in New York because actually as of today, he has undergone neck surgery to repair his spine is Tommaso Ciampa. What worse fucking timing could you possibly get? Pretty shitty timing, especially for Uh, somebody as, as high up on the NXT card as he is. It's just so rough because they were finally going to put this was going to be the last chapter in the story of Ciampa Gargano at TakeOver New York. We could hope. Well, they were both going to the main roster pretty shortly thereafter. We could hope or maybe Dread. Yeah, right. Dread. I think Dread is more. more Dread is the, probably more I mean, accurate, fuck. Uh, yeah. now, now Alistair Black and Ricochet said goodbye to NXT and they're challenging for the tag team titles. So. Yeah, that's bad. Both main event guys. Yep. Both fucking main event guys. And who the fuck, why would you think to put them in a tag team? Because the other two were in a tag team. So it's like, oh, we got two tag teams now. As sad as it is, Ricochet's probably better off going to 205 Live. Be a big fish in a small pond at least, right? Yep. Uh, It sucks. But what happened with Champa? Well, Ciampa's been wrestling with neck injury for a while now, and it finally came to head where they said, you got to get it taken care of. He had the surgery done today. It went well, as far as they say, but he's still probably going to be out for 6 to 14 months, which is a pretty broad range of time. That is a half a year to more than a year. And that's if he comes back. Some guys don't come back from this. Sometimes they come back. Sometimes they do. As Stephen King once Maybe wrote. he'll be back in four months. Uh, Roman Reigns did it. John Cena did it. <clears throat> yeah, very bad timing on that part. I know he was trying. That's what I had heard previous weeks was that he was trying to pull back on the matches he was having so he could do this at Mania 
and then have the surgery. But right, just make it. And we hear so much about guys that that try so hard to just make it, but sometimes you make it worse when you do that. Right. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes you don't recover. My only thoughts here is maybe Vince forgets that he brought them up to Raw and so they can just stay on NXT and then he'll come back in maybe half a year. Probably more like eight months, I'm thinking. But they, then they could just pick it up where they left off and run it until Mania and hope he doesn't get injured again. Because this isn't the first time he's got in, injured at a very inopportune moment. No, and he's not a young guy. He's not an old guy. Let me preface that. He's not an old guy. And today's wrestlers are older and older than they used yes. to be. Um, and you can attribute that. I I will be the first one to say you contribute a lot of that to so much less drug intake and steroid well, intake. And the I honestly safety think. protocols and, and concussion awareness that they oh, didn't have for back sure. in the day. I mean, because that shit shortened a person's career. That's where I say King Kong Bundy sure. died young, and it's sad because there's people who will still be wrestling when they're 61 years old in WWE right oh, now. Oh, shit, yeah. Easily. Terry Funk's wrestling, and he's far older than mm. that. Oh, by the way, folks, little uh, little uh, non-promotional drop here. The Chris Jericho Dory Funk episode, just check it out. Just amazing. Uh, that's, that's talk is Jericho. Dory Funk, 50 years of funk. Man's like 85 still fucking wrestling. Uh, But you know who probably wouldn't be wrestling at all right now if he would have stuck to his guns, pasty? Well, he'd be wrestling. I don't know. I mean, if he was wrestling, he'd be wrestling for uh, some slack-jawed Yoko. (laughs) He never would have made it to uh, WCW, WWE, or even ECW, let alone AEW. Who who are you talking about who's been to all those promotions, I wonder? Who who we know as Christopher jericho also known as Chris Jericho. Yes, the Ayatollah of Rockarola. Play rock and roller, but as Rockarola works. Just take it again from the top. <laughs> the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla played a game of true or false on this week. This week on the Rich Eisen show. And within, he revealed the name he had intentionally picked out for himself. So Rich Eisen asks, uh, you took the stage name of Jericho from the album Walls of Jericho from German power metal band Halloween. Which, if you've listened to our past stories, it's only half true. So uh, go back in our past episodes and check out how Jericho got his name from a former Teen Titan, who is probably one of the worst superheroes of all time. And Jericho actually has mentioned this on his podcast multiple times about how he grabbed the name from uh, the Teen Titan Jericho. But he also was influenced by this one. And he said that, that both of them influenced him. Chris Jericho responded with, true story. Yeah, I was going to call myself. Wait for it. Jack Action. Eisen responds, as I think most of us would, uh, <laughs> hold on a second. 
That was your first, um... So would you have been Chris? And before he could finish, Jericho responds, No, no. Just... Jack Action! First name Jack, last name Action. <laughs> I thought it was going to make me a million dollars, he says. And then I told somebody that, and they were like, uh, you can't be Jack Action. That's stupid. <laughs> and Jericho responded, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, of course it's stupid. I'd never do that. And they asked, what's your name? And I was like, uh... I saw the Halloween album and said, uh, Chris Jericho. <laughs> uh, it's smart. It's what smart to play the rhyming words like that, but there's a fine line between doing it right and doing it so cheesy. Action Jackson. Right. Jack action. It sounds like a fucking black exploitation <laughs> film. Come be the first in your block to watch as Shaft joins forces with Jack Action to clean up the streets. You're gonna sell crack? Not if it's up to Jack. You don't know Jack, <gasps> but you will. <laughs> Coming to theaters this summer. Uh. Jack Action is only a fraction. Of the amount that you'll get when you tune in to Action Jackson. What? Of course it's stupid. I would never do that. I love that. Yeah, classic Chris I, That is awesome. That's classic just humans. <laughs> We've all been there. Where we had a fucking fantastic, awesome idea. We told it to somebody and they're like, that's dumb. Like, no shit, that's dumb. I thought it was stupid too. I was just I was just telling you because I thought how stupid it was. Hey, we like, should have God a Beef Sticks podcast Discord. <laughs> That'll go over like a fucking lead balloon. <laughs> well, it's still there, folks. How is how is that Discord page doing? Pasty? They'd have to Jack Action. We should we should change our Discord page name to Jack Action. <laughs> We'd probably get more members. We probably would. <laughs> we probably would. Sorry. I love you, Pasty. Yeah, I got a lot of ideas. Not all of them are going to go over right. You know what? They can't all be home runs. No. Some of them are fan-fucking-tastic, and some of them are like, well, you tried. <laughs> right? At least I tried. I hear you. That's what counts. You got to throw shit at the wall to get it to stick. Yeah, 100% of the times you don't try, you fail. 85% of the times you do try, you still fail. You fail. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's still a higher percentage. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, Pacey, I want you to take this next oh, one yeah. because um, this makes you happy. I was super happy. I'm, I'm like, I'm super meh on this. I can see ahead. where people would be super meh on this, and I wonder myself if it's too soon. <laughs> Too soon at the all. The woman who doesn't know she belongs to me and is my wife, Tori Wilson, is going into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2019 announced this week. Pretty cool. And with that being the third announcement, I'm actually now more leaning towards I'm actually excited for the Hall of Fame this year. 
you know, the Hall of Fame, it comes and it goes. And there are great ones and there are bad ones. And it's like, they're all. The thing is, is now the, fairly... my problem with the Hall of Fame is Vince does this where he dangles the carrot over their head and he's like, come back for one last run. I'll put you in the Hall of Fame at the end of the year. You want to know what honestly bothers me the most? Is that to this day, they still let fans buy tickets and come in there and i get it i probably everybody listening to this is like we should do we should be able to we're the fans we're the ones that make them but almost every year there's at right. least one segment where stupid fans jackass the fans the Oscars, hijack you know what i mean no no and these fans hijack the fucking show doing stupid stupid shit stupid chants stupid booze stupid whatever and it takes away from a prestigious moment. And I just super wish that they would just exclude. It, sh- it should be, uh, it should be a fully, um, industry event where it's only the people involved, their guests, their families, mm-hmm. the people from the WWE, the superstars. You know, you can have people like Bill Apter and other folks, Wade Keller, who aren't maybe directly involved with WWE, but have ties, you know. Um, Conrad Thompson, you would think, would be there. You could see Cody and Brandy show up. Um, You would hope so. You would hope so. But I just, I don't like the fact that the fans seem to really a lot of times they take away from it that's what i don't like yeah but um um uh, pacey uh, yeah. i don't even think she's ever been a champion in wwe no she was no she I'm wasn't pretty sure she was no she uh, wasn't so I'm not sure why she gets it over so many other people. Probably just because um, she was Vince a prominent figure for a couple matches in the last year. That's like, yeah. Like I, I mean, she was a prominent figure in a, a a large, a booming period of the business. So definitely, she she was. <clears throat> um, she is the one, I believe. Isn't she the one that started in WCW and dated Billy Kidman and then went to WWF? There were two Tories. And Tori Wilson, I think, was the better of the two Tories. Yeah, she was in World Championship Wrestling. But I still didn't care for either one. Okay, I didn't care for either one of them. But I'm pretty sure she was uh, Billy Kidman's girlfriend in real life and uh, on stage. I liked her because and, in, the, um, in the in the mixture of women that they had at the time, you know, you had your Trish Stratish who was on the extreme end of sexual appeal, and then you had your Lita who was on the extreme end of actual wrestling talent. And and I liked that she was like a realistic medium, so she could like talk to the dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or at least she Holy could make shit. it really, uh, really believable. I didn't know she was a medium. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, she um, I, she she was. I will admit, she made an impact. Mm-hmm. And as far as WWE's Hall of Fame goes, she more than fits the requirements. I just still think, especially after last year's debacle with how they treated their women the whole year, that they could have come up with somebody far more deserving. 
Um, they're copping out with trying to be in DX. Yeah, I would. You know, it, we even said last year, last week. I said last, last week. We even said it was cool that she's being in there. She needs her own, but. The fact that she got brought in as the group and Tori Wilson is the woman to me waters that down. Or China would have been a much better pick. I kind of think maybe the point is that way China gets more of the uh, recognition and spotlight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't dislike Tori. I just... Like so many before her, Drew Carey, Coco Beware, and whoever else you want to put Drew there. Drew Carey deserves there's people, spot. There's people who just deserve it a little more than that person at the time. Tori Wilson, I'm very proud for you. I'm very happy for you. And yeah, you Wayne did Brady make a big impact. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you made a big impact in, in, a, in a big boom in the wrestling business. So... I mean, we got no say in the matter anyways. But I want to know if she was a champion. I think she was. She was never a champion, Pasty. <sighs> Not in any regard. Well, Unless you she call him sucking Billy Award Kidman's. In oh my gosh, the gold! How did I forget the Golden Song Award? <laughs> The most prestigious award in pro wrestling history. Bill Apter. <laughs> Bill Apter presented the very first Golden Thong Award <laughs> to Bruno San Martino back in 1965 in the middle of Madison Square Garden. Fuck, I forgot about the Golden Thong Award. Well, yes, I mean, she is in such prestige names as Luthez, Bruno San Martino. Uh, Harley Race, Bob Backlund, and so many more. The Golden Thong. <laughs> are they Are they going to bring that award up at the Hall of Fame ceremony? I hope they do. I just. I think we she just came up with a with new it. game. <laughs> I've held on to this after all she these come, years. She comes out. She comes out wearing it. <laughs> The golden uh, thong. I, I I still want to see Bill Apter give it to her. Like, put it on. See old Bill Apter come out slipping a golden thong on Tori Wilson. That is very not me too. <laughs> Pacey, we just, we just need to move along, I think. <laughs> oh, what the what? 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 Jim Cornette made his MLW debut this week, making pasty scratch his head. Joining the commentary team, <laughs> Cornette joins Rich Bacchini, Tony Schiavone, Matt Stryker as MLW's English commentary team, and MLW will make announcements on their broadcast assignments on a case-by-case basis. From what I heard today, he's kind of filling in where... Um, Tony Schiavone can't make it on Saturdays currently. So he offered. Tony's got softball and baseball, yeah. man. He's got baseball <laughs> obligations. So Cornette, with a hefty cash guarantee, offered to do a couple of these shows. He's not under contract, and it's a part-time kind of thing, case by case, obviously. <laughs> but he may be pulling double duty, also taking part in producing the show from backstage. Also, I have to correct myself. 
God damn, motherfucker. Great. Gosh darn it, Arn. God damn it, pasty. Jim Cornette was not hired for WWE backstage. It was Bruce Pritchard. And I knew it. As I'm writing and the I knew notes it too, and I'm, I'm surprised you know, that I missed that you said that. <sighs> yeah, it kind of. I, I was surprised when I seen your correction. I was like, "Did he really say it was Cornette and I not did. He's the green and monster like, in the picture. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was, I was like, "How that, did I, I miss was that, that?" Convinced it was Cornette that I I used Cornette's because face I, in the fucking show pick. Yeah, because I I was. Uh, but at the same time, I'm been, like, well, at least he gets to continue doing his podcast. Who the fuck cares if Cornette's podcast stops? Yeah, nobody cares. But I was concerned about fucking something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and how him being part of the company again might affect his podcast. Yes. That's what's bothering me. Because yes. that's probably to this date, like as of this recording, that is probably my favorite podcast of all time. It's so entertaining. I like to listen to it when I have it. I time. just love it. And, and Bruce Right now I'm into podcasts I can fall is, asleep to. And it's, it's that's not a podcast I can fall asleep to. Yeah, and Bruce is probably one-third of why I love it, and Conrad's probably two-thirds of why I love it. Whereas, um, what happened uh, What happened when Mondays, WHW Mondays, mm. probably two-thirds is Tony Schiavone and one-third is Conrad. Tony Schiavone makes that one. And then I think with his... Uh, with his Eric Bischoff show, 83 Weeks, I think it's about 50-50. I like both of them. But, yeah. No, I was, I was surprised when I read this. I was like, God, I didn't even catch that you had said it was Cornette. What do you think it would take to get Conrad Thompson to jump on with Beef Sticks and make another podcast? <laughs> I think it would take you and I both sucking him off. And um, I still don't think it would happen. <laughs> I wish it would. Let us sell some houses We could for use you. some Come Conrad on. Thompson. <laughs> Come on! Uh, First Family Mortgage. Come check it out. First Family Mortgage, Fat folks. Fat Mac, you shill. I will. <laughs> I definitely will. Talk about shilling, though. Holy shit, Pacey. WWE announced Thursday. WrestleMania 36 will be held at the Raymond James Stadium on April 5th, 2020. The announcement took place at the stadium with Tampa Mayor Bob Buckhorn, not to be confused with Bob Backlund, Hillsborough, Hillsborough County Commissioner Ken Hagen, along with WWE's Natalia, Bailey, Sasha Banks, Titus... I slipped under the ring O'Neal, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, and even brother, the Hulkster himself, Hulk Hogan. It also appears that WrestleMania 36 will have a pirate-themed logo, according to the initial, initial promotional art, which is to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers logo. Which is also like direct cannons fired at All Elite. If you think about it, coming into your state where pirates were pillaging and plundering your territory. You have to think that might have had something to do with it. Now, obviously, these deals are done months ahead of time, but AEW's deals were in the works months ahead of time also. So, uh, yeah. 
The WrestleMania now, logo looks already, pretty all right, but it looks like like my first draft of something. It looks like somebody with Photoshop just took the Buccaneers logo and turned it to WWE. It doesn't look great. I think with a little bit it more, it does work, not. You know, make it make it textured and make it look a little bit more three D and lifelike. Tear it up some. I think it could be cool. Yeah. I mean, they they did the fucking jester hat. <laughs> they could do a pirate great. flag. Oh yeah, and that's just, I'm just the initial promotional no great balls of fire in 2019. I'm that was that was <sighs> the one year they had it. That was the best yes. pay per view of the year, voted by Pasty and Fat it Matt. Might actually, be one of the few pay per views I'm I'm gonna go back and watch again soon because it was so much better than we expected. It was the most fun we had in a long so time. So much better. Now, Pacey, while the Raymond James studio will host WrestleMania, the Amelia Arena will be hosting all other WWE events over the weekend. Next year's show will have a different order of events, though, as SmackDown is moving to Friday nights on Fox starting this October. In the press release, WWE is listing four nights of events rather than five. And that includes SmackDown, the Hall of Fame, NXT TakeOver, and Raw. So I'd have to assume that the Hall of Fame is moving probably to Thursday. So it would be Hall of Fame Thursday, SmackDown Friday, NXT TakeOver Saturday. Oh. oh. WrestleMania. Well, no, WrestleMania would be Sunday. So maybe the maybe NXT and Hall of Fame are both going to be on Saturday. God, I hope not. It's nice to have one thing to watch each day. Yeah. They're only announcing four days. That can easily right. change in over a year. <sighs> you could just make the Hall of Fame be the pre-show for Mania if you're going to have fans there anyway. You actually could. It'd be better than a fucking three-hour pre-show that we're going to get. <laughs> or make it a pre-show for TakeOver. You get a Hall of Fame and TakeOver both. You get diehard fans yeah. there. That would be cool. I'm sure that you got to vary the stage setups. I'm sure it because up top is different than it is during a, a weekly show. I would think Hall of Fame uh, has statistically been on Saturday, I think, which is the same I day think as last takeover. year. It was Friday, though, because then takeover was Saturday. Could have been. Yeah. Mania was Sunday. <laughs> well, but then also what I'm hearing is back- Fox is also pressuring WWE to make SmackDown at least be a uh, TV 14 rating and to shun the the PC generation. That's what I've heard. And the rumor has it if, if WWE doesn't make some major changes, they could see themselves falling back onto Fox Sports 1 instead of the right. Fox spot that they want to be in. Yeah, and will that, that be enough to twist Vince's We don't know what's going to happen. It doesn't yeah, even have really to be like know. Attitude Era. Just give us some more like believable shit. That's all we want. I agree. I concur. Yeah, we were talking about this before Based. the show. Fucking Fox wants WWE to step it up, but takes. Michael Jackson out of the Simpsons. Yeah, like 
You can't have your cake and eat it too. Come on, guys. <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna allow right. that. I, I would. I would guess the majority of wrestling fans are probably Simpsons fans, also. I. I would definitely not doubt that. So, what do you think? Do you. Uh, do you think that if this is what Fox wants, this is what they're gonna get? Does the network supersede the shareholders? I think the money supersedes everything. So if Fox is dropping more money than the stocks are worth, then yes, I think Vince will definitely do it. If after a few years, the stocks are plummeting and it's costing him money, I think he would most definitely change Does it. Does he, in order now, we to talked about the this, shareholders keep raw at a PG show? Yeah. And oh then, yeah. As long Smackdown as USA for the first time ever become the flagship show. There, you know, ever since this whole talk came with Rupert Murdoch was that SmackDown could become the flagship show. I would, I would believe that Vince, in his mind, wants Raw to be the flagship show. Like that, he's invested in yeah. Raw. You know yeah. what I mean? But I still think he would follow the money. And the question is, I mean, the question is, is Fox going to put up more money than the stockholders are going to put up? Is that going to affect WWE stocks in the long run? In this day and age, does that even make as big of a difference as it did when ratings right. were around? I think more than anything, the shareholders want to know. see the company doing better and making more money so they're worth more money. Yeah, I I just don't. I just think I don't think Vince can see in his lifetime SmackDown being the flagship show, and that's where I think Raw would end up going PG fourteen as well. Maybe not right away, but shortly after, once he sees how well the formula works and how ratings are doing differently. You know, we we know for a fact that Vince is going to follow the money. When he thought that it needed to be kid-friendly in the late 80s, early 90s, there was so much goofy shit. And then in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, when WCW was winning, and he seen that he had to get edgy, he was more than willing to have Trish Stratus get on her knees and bark like a dog for him, and Mae Young to give birth to hands. <laughs> and... Stone Cold Steve Austin flipping people off and it just it went from Ray here to course. there to there to everywhere. So yeah, so it's uh, bottom line is he'll follow where the money is. So it'll be kind of interesting. This is the first time this is the first time ever that SmackDown and Raw are on two competing channels that are both main competitors and and fox is the bigger competitor fox is bigger than usa when they were on usa um smackdown was originally on upn which was a tiny show i think it went to cw for a little bit raw then moved to spike tv which was probably on average with uh uh, SmackDown, CW, or UPN, but then they moved back to USA, and then SmackDown was on USA, so they were even, 
this is the first time that SmackDown's really gotten a chance to prove itself. Other than the first time. Well, even the first time, it was just on UPN. No, no, Nobody no, watched I that. I don't understand. That's what shit. opened the fucking floodgates to me. I get it. I'm just saying it was a, it was a small and, and a it was a portion of the wrestling fan base of my. It age. was a big fish in a small pond, though. Yeah, UPN was was tell tell me the amazing show that came out of UPN. Hughley's, Greg the Bunny, the. That was oh, Fox. No. Yeah, like, that was right. that was way before UPN. <laughs> Greg the Bunny came and got canceled decade a decade <laughs> before UPN. <laughs> no, that was this, about the same time as UPN. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it might have been. Uh, UPN had sister, Fox, sister. Yeah. Again, I mean, just just not what USA had and at U- the time. UPN started out as an urban television network. I'm, not, I'm you're, you're baiting me, Pasty, and I'm just not going to say it. What? But I think, folks, I'm not going to say it. You're baiting me. I'm not going to say it. I'm not baiting it. you. I'm not a master baiter. No, you're an amateur baiter. We all know that when UPN started out, UPN was basically an anagram for you pick a N-word. <laughs> it was just the black channel. Okay? I was a little too you young You baited me that, into guess, it, Pasty. You baited me into it. I fucking said it. We know what it was. Hughley's sister, sister. Okay, we get it, pasty. UPN, we know what it stood for. But nobody watched it because of that, which is sad but true. Again, pasty. (laughs) Tell me a white show. Tell me a Hispanic show. Tell me a Korean show. What Korean show was on UPN? Girlfriends. Girlfriends. Very Korean. She was light skinned. <laughs> We've gotten way off topic yeah. here, Pacey. We need to get into. You know what? The people who thought UPN was a viable network are fucking Jerry's, Pasty. <laughs> and something we haven't had for moons now Money. is a Jerry of the Week. Who's the Jerry of the Week, Pacey? You found him. <sighs> you called him out. And I, th- I think we need to just. I. I never get sick of shitting on this guy, so right. go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, this is fun. Uh, you know, Enzo Amore. Many, many wrestlers despise him because he, he's a wolf, or no, a sheep in wolf's clothing. There you go. He, 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 he claims to be a wrestler. He claims to be of the heritage and know the background of everything. But then when you ask him a question, he tends to get it wrong. Well, this week... He posted a tweet. R.I.P. King Kong Bundy. The epitome. No, King Kong Buddy. Oh. He didn't even get his name right. <laughs> Holy shit. I never read that like that. That's funny. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he even got the name oh, wrong. <laughs> R.I.P. King Kong Buddy. The epitome of pro wrestling. I recall going to shows at MSG with my grandparents. My grandma, Raphaelia, loved them and hyped them up the whole ride in. Plenty of wrestlers risked it that night. But I'll never forget the guy with the green tongue who ate the turnbuckle. Fucking Enzo. 
And if y'all don't understand why this is the Jerry of the Week, the guy with the green tongue who ate the turnbuckle was another white, bald man, but was not King Kong Bundy. It was George the Animal Steel, who was about three feet shorter than King Kong Bundy. And had Bundy. enough hair on his body more to make up for the fact that he was bald up top. Oh, you're damn right. He was a fruit. Him and Robin Williams, man, they could have kept the entire planet warm through all the winters. <laughs> Yeah, just wow. wow. Oh, I'm choking on my own rage here, Pacey. I'm so pissed. He even posted a picture of King Kong Bundy, but then he also posted a picture of George the Animal Steel, who is obviously not the same guy. I don't think that was on the original tweet. I didn't grab the original tweet. Oh. I grabbed one that I saw later in the day that had the pictures just for the reference. Just play it off, Pacey. Let's just play it off. <laughs> Uh, nonetheless, yeah, it's just, it's not anybody with, um, I'm not going to say minimum knowledge because it isn't minimum knowledge, but anybody with uh, above average knowledge of the wrestling business at this time knows the difference between them two. Yeah. Anybody with average wrestling experience in the 80s knew the difference between those two because they were two very different, very huge superstars. It would be like... It would be very much like somebody coming out today and being like, oh, I just heard Stone Cold Steve Austin died. I loved when he used to give the jackhammer on WCW Nitro. It's like, no, that was Goldberg. It, it, that's basically the same thing. Yeah, they were both bald and had goatees, but that was it. Stone Cold wasn't jacked. Goldberg was. Goldberg wasn't cool. Stone Cold was. Stone Cold could wrestle a match. Goldberg couldn't. Couldn't. <laughs> To be fair, Stone Cold couldn't really mess, wrestle a match by the time he became Stone Cold, but he at least made it look right. good. Yeah, he more than made up for it. Before he broke his neck, the man could wrestle his ass off. There's a War Games, and I'm I'm shitting myself now that I can't think of which one it is. But there's War Games that both him and Barry Windham are involved in, and the two of them just are phenomenal as far as work rate goes. It's just fantastic. Um, I, you know, it's my, my sad duty, Pacey, to push us along when we're falling behind. We're falling behind. I'm going to push us along. Pacey, we got a pay-per-view coming up this Sunday. Yes, we do. WWE Fast Lane. It's the pay-per-view oh, pay uh, that matters and therefore nothing can happen. Yeah, I thought it was just a WWE Sunday Night Raw, but. And and because this no. pay-per-view is the way it is, I think we can kind of rip through most of it without talking about much. We, yeah, we almost kind of have to because there's not a lot to talk about. I want everybody at home listening to play along with us this week, too, because I want to bet your answers are probably the same answers that we have. So we start out with uh, Rey Mysterio versus... Andrade Cien Almas, now now known as just Andrade. Yes. Um, they had a classic match on SmackDown about three weeks ago. Yeah, though they've been in a pretty decent series of matches. It's, it's pretty nice. <laughs> I'd be more than willing to bet this match is not going to be one of their best, which is sad. No. Hopefully, they're probably hopefully their match at the in. Mania pre-show will be. <laughs> Too right, pasty. That might be the best match of the night. You never know. Uh, pasty, who you got in this one? I'm gonna go with Almas. 
I'm going with CN. <laughs> we both picked a name that he's no longer called. Uh, Ray Mysterio's losing. Sorry, Ray, but, you know, you shouldn't be putting over younger talent, especially on a B-list pay-per-view. That's just the way it fucking should be. Yeah. Next up. Hey, let's change it up this week. Go ahead. For our picks. Let's just three, two, one, shoot it. Say them at the same time. See what we got. Keep it spicy. Let's let's do that. Raw Tag Team Championship Triple Threat Match. The champions, the Revival, are taking on Aleister Black and Ricochet because, as we said before, they just don't know what the fuck what to do What kind of a them. triple threat is it going to be? Is it going to be three men? Is it going to be two men? Is it going to be fucking six men? I don't know, but Revival <laughs> defends their title against Aleister Black and Ricochet, defending their or versus uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. I love NXT on three. talent comes up and they're like, oh, you're a tag team now. <laughs> they're like, fuck it. Just put you on here. You guys just match up so well. You remember the bar? We did good things with the bar. <laughs> the bar. <laughs> All right. You ready to do this? Three, two, one, yep. shoot. Three, two, one revival revival <laughs> all right next we got the brand new prestigious women's tag team championship defending their titles for the first time i believe Pacey? yes the boss and hug connection bailey and sasha banks defending their titles against nia Jax and tamina P-Break comes early this Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Um, Three, two, one. Boss and Hug Connection. Boss and Hug Connection. Yeah. All right. Moving on. We got the Thug Connection. That'd be cool. Boston Thug. I dig it. Their manager can be John Cena, but like chain around my neck, John Cena. Doctor of Thugonomics yeah. <laughs> comes out with a stethoscope <laughs> and a chain. He just comes out as a doctor. There's no gangster about it. He's just, he's old. He's a doctor now. He's got a clipboard. He's, pull, he's pulling along an old x-ray his machine His clipboard shit is the list like, of Jericho. And sometimes he'll move his hand and you'll see it. <laughs> he's got a defibrillator and he shocks him every now and then when, when the ref ain't looking. <laughs> oh, shit! Oh, That'd be good. That would sell. I'd take it. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> SDL Tag Team Championships for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. The defending cellmates, the Usos, taking on the Miz in Mac Agency. Adjacency. What the fuck is an adjacent? Like adjacent. It's like a connection, but it's another word for connection. The Miz and Matt connection. Is it really? I just made it up. It's you, you, I was supposed to read this one. Just, oh, it, it sounded really to smart, to be honest. I was like, holy shit, that sounded really smart. <laughs> like adjacency. I like that. That's all right, man. You taught me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start using that. It's adjacent to. It's the next two. Adjacency. <laughs> I think it's better that I screwed it up because you got to explain mm. it. The more you know, like that. that's the oh you didn't know for this week, folks. You damn right, <laughs> adjacency, bitch. 
All right, Pacey, SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Three, two, one. Uso. Uso. Sounds good. So far, we're all fucking evened huh. up. Who would have thought? SmackDown, <laughs> SmackDown Women's Championship. Oscar versus Mandy Rose. Holy shit, nobody will ever guess who we're picking on this one. Pasty. Uh, Three, two, one. Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. This is exciting. This is this is gonna be a fantastic pay-per-view. I have a feeling I might miss this one, Pasty. I apologize. Next up, we have the newly reformed Shield. <laughs> After three months of not being formed or whatever the fuck their shit has been. It's and Dean Ambrose rejoining Versus, the field, uh, Shield was exactly carbon copy, word for word, yeah. pose for pose, the last time they reformed the Shield. And we're not even going to um, get back into the whole did or didn't Roman. That's just not even worth it at this point. Um, six man tag shit that nobody cares about. Shield, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, and Bobby Lashley. Three super potentially talented individuals. Let's that not WWE forget, just sometimes Elias is in the mix too. And if Elias is in the mix, Strowman will Elias. get added to the other half of this match. So it'll be the Shield with yeah. Strowman versus those four. How do you have so many talented motherfuckers and you stick them in a dipshit six-man tag that nobody cares about? What if Strowman about? becomes permanent shield now? He uh, can do it. I don't... It doesn't I, matter. The shield doesn't mean anything at this point, <laughs> does it? It hasn't meant anything since its first run, has it? <laughs> I don't know. Well, the last time it was the problem because then Roman got sick and then the shield was Rollins, Ambrose, and Kurt Angle. So I'm saying it really hasn't meant anything since its first incarnation, right? right? So fuck it. Um, three, two, one, pasty. Three, two, one. Superhuman intelligence, Earth's last defense. The Avengers. Pasty's going for the Avengers. I'm going for the Shield. Funny thing is, backs the Avengers. Even an anagram for so, Shield in the Avengers timeline. I made it up and then I checked it and they have like six different things that shield means, but this is not one of them. <laughs> That's yes. great. But it sounds good to me. <laughs> I like it. So next up we have Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair with the asterisk that if Becky wins raw women's championship match, if Becky wins, <laughs> Comma, the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania will be a triple threat. Just missing an and in there. It's all right. Or, uh, the. If Becky wins and Raw. <laughs> if Becky wins, the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania will be a triple threat. That makes sense. Um, and with that stipulation in place, we all know what's going to happen. Pasty, three, two, one. The man. Becky Lynch. Yeah. Next, we have WWE Championship match. The current champion, the new Daniel Bryan, defending his title against often promoted, but very rarely... 
getting wins, Kevin Owens. Replacing Kofi Kingston just because Vince McMahon's like, hey, last month's over, here's a white guy. What what happened with that? I, <laughs> I see so much happened. shit about Kofi. New Day was coming out like, to, did he to lose celebrate a match or... for their match. And then Vince comes out and he's like, hey, I know you did a good job and you're really deserving of this spot, but here's Kevin Owens and he's taking it. That's really what yeah. happened? So that basically guarantees Kofi Oh yeah, New Day uh, is all Mania. over this match and that's going to get to <clears throat> Kofi Daniel at Mania. Which Kofi's still going to no, lose. No, but it's sad. better to have it on that platform, I think. No, I, I payday, agree. Obviously, you know I mean? this pay-per-view is that event yeah. WrestleMania payday that he's so long deserved. Yeah, obviously, this, this fucking pay-per-view is not the place to make a name for yourself. <laughs> um. Okay, Pacey. And Kevin Owens three, two, one. doesn't have to lose. So, yeah, Daniel, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Daniel yeah. Bryan. So, with us agreeing on every fucking thing, we have mentioned at the beginning of the year that we were going to have a tiebreaker for every pay-per-view so we couldn't tie. This pay-per-view, we're going to tie. It's a guarantee. So, our tiebreaker is during, not even during the Shield match, at any time during the pay-per-view, does Dean Ambrose turn on the Shield? This could be turning on them before the match and leaving them there, walking out during the match, or attacking them during the match so they lose, or even after the match. They win, and then he turns on somebody. Mm-hmm. So at some point during this pay-per-view, does Dean Ambrose turn heel? During this pay-per-view, but not again, on Raw. I guess. That wouldn't count. Not on Raw. During this pay-per-view mm-hmm. only. And Fat Mac is saying Yes. Dean Ambrose turns on his brethren. It would make a lot of sense because the Shield's not having a match of mania. But I have to be the betting man, and it had to be done. And there's so many scenarios where it was just like we'd both say the same thing. This one, I think it's kind of feasible that maybe he holds off till Raw. So I'm on the side of no. And that's what the whole pay-per-view boils down to, folks. (laughs) At least between you and I, it does. Sad. That's super sad for a pay-per-view. <laughs> it's the most predictable pay-per-view in a long time. I'm just hoping would it's be entertaining. Great? It would be really cool if it like turned out to be a wonderful If we show. got zero. <laughs> what if we got zero on everything? Like, they were all wrong. Like, holy shit. So Charlotte shit. versus Ronda one-on-one at Mania. Kevin Owens is your new WWE champion. Yep, yep. Asuka loses course, to Mandy Rose. Yep, it'd be it'd be fucking nuts. Jackson Tamina, women's champ, tag team champs. I could see, and, and then the, Alistair the, Black the sad and thing is would be the Raw tag team champs. Then right in that universe, you want to know what the saddest thing, Pacey, out of all of this? Probably the one that I could that I would possibly consider being different is maybe Mandy Rose beating Oscar. Yeah, yeah, I could kind of see it. Which is weird. But well, true. at this point, that the SmackDown Women's Championship at Mania means nothing. It's going to open the night. Yeah, sad. If it's not on the pre-show, which I'm willing to bet it could be, would be, will be, because the Women's Tag Team Championships is going to have to be on the main show. Yeah, yeah. Since it's a brand new yeah. title, 
But something something that isn't going to be a disappointment, Pasty, that we're fairly certain of, is All Elite Wrestling. And we have some more updates for the weekly Elite Dirt Sheet, Pasty. You want to bring us in on some oh, of this? yeah. We'll kick it off with all facts. Facts! All Elite Wrestling's second event was announced on being the Elite this week. AEW Fight for the Fallen will take place Saturday, July 13th in Jacksonville, Florida at the Daly's Place Amphitheater, a part of the TIAA Bank Field. Approximate capacity of 5,500. I still think they're playing the humble mind games again and that the show could uh, potentially eventually be moved to the bank field. Um, uh, Yeah. What do you think about that? Their second show and they're aiming to sell 5,000. So on being the elite, they, they, I, I haven't watched this. I'm going to just admit that. Fight for the Fallen. Is this like a uh, Christopher Daniels themed event? Or this is the one that they're doing for the, victims for the Fallen of is shootings, about? Where they're raising money for that charity. Oh, okay. Fight for the fall. I hope Christopher See, Daniels hope should be in the main event. Trying to then. raise money for this He's charity. He's a fallen angel, and it's AEW's second show. I hope you could sell more than five thousand tickets easy. Yeah, it's hard for an independent promotion to <laughs> to sell tickets. Yeah. Low. We said that at, at, at All In. We said that with Double or Nothing. They don't seem to be having any troubles. We don't know that. We don't know that. I mean, obviously, statistically, 100% of their shows have... What? Statistically, 100% of their shows have sold out, which is only one show. If we want to be statistically. At the same time, they are an independent, and statistically, those shows fail to bring in a lot of people. Um, I just think it's that it's that it's that I would say they, I would, like I said Cody's playing that fucking oh yeah yeah we'll say I would say they, they, they just sell, said they needed to do uh, stadiums you know what I mean yeah I would say they sell this out but I don't I think, think they, they want to see it any bigger than this. themselves sell this out in less than a minute and then the demand for more tickets and then they just open it up to the stadium I, I I assume that's the game plan. It's smart marketing, and it looks good on you. In you the know, history I was books. I was wrong last time, Pacey, but I'm still gonna go with business 101 and say that they're not gonna sell out immediately on this. It's just not the with way. The location, this, I even can see even the second match, rough, but with it being all elite and what they've had going for them so far, I don't have any reason. Yeah, to even say. the even the second event was still the first all elite wrestling event, so they had a reason for people to want to buy the tickets. Like you're gonna want to buy it just so you can say you were at the first yeah. one. You know what I mean? To say that it's going to be a sellout for people to see an independent show with wrestlers they don't know just because it's for fallen soldiers or what? what is it for? For, for uh, victims of mass shootings. Mass shootings, yeah. Just to say that, ah, that's that's a stretch, man. People don't care. People don't know the people on the roster. You and I do. We love them and respect them. I I still I, I stay the skeptic. I hate to it's do okay. it, 
But it's smart. It's smart to be the how, skeptic. How surprised that way, will you be if I'm right? Um, on this yeah, one, with knowing that not I predicted horribly, it the last time, not horribly, but just because again, this is the beginning. Like, dude, if you open up a gas station, your first fucking month, you're gonna be busy right. as hell. Well, the point is just because is when you, you opened up a new off, gas station, exciting, that, that that factor of being exciting, but and new, once you need to keep that momentum yeah. going, and I don't, but once I don't all that fades out, out, man, you know, twelve thousand tickets in Vegas to turn around and try to sell less than half of that. That's not keeping your momentum rolling. And they need to keep that going, especially since they haven't even got to TV yet. You know, it's keeping a sellout. It's like them being smart enough to say, okay, we know that people are, you know, we we know that that many people aren't going to keep coming to every event. Let's scale it down and make sure it's a sellout. Eric Bischoff, if you, if you watch, if you listen to 83 weeks at all, was very big on, on talking about this a lot. When he first started in w, WCW, they would book small venues that they knew they could book more people, but it wasn't about how many tickets they sold. It was about how well it looked on TV and on pay per view. Right. If you could, if you could have a packed crowd on TV, and it cost you ten thousand in seats, it gained you twenty five thousand in more viewers next week. You yeah. know what I mean? So if you sell out small arenas, you look better than if you have huge arenas and don't sell out, even if you make more money, the perception is what moves you along. So I think them running this show and selling it out would be awesome. And it would probably be better for them since they've sold out twice to not have their next event be a not sellout. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know that I'm right about well, I mean, it. I'm just trying to have some business have sense to it. For the mindset of, you know, you're being cautious, but you're also being hopeful. Correct. And modest. He Very plays that correct. fucking modest game. And and this is a whole different ball game than it was back then. And so not only do you and I have no fucking idea what's going on. I mean, these guys are playing it by ear. They don't know what the right, right. move is. I, I think they it's amazing that they're willing it. to take these yeah. gambles. Yeah, it's it's fucking fantastic. Yep. So maybe they will move it up. To I think so far these guys are making their own rules for and then some. So it's everything that everybody thought died when WCW yep. got bought is coming back, and that is. For somebody like me, who, again, is being the skeptic, but for somebody like me, that's just amazing. I want this. What else do we got? Uh, On episode five of The Road to Double or Nothing, Brandi Rhodes announced that B. Presley will be joining the AEW Women's Division and will debut at July's event. Yeah. Yes, I like that they are really promoting the the women and um, the tag teams, and yeah, they're 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 getting out there and they're they're being they're being vocal about everyone they have, no matter who it is. It is good. 
I think that's really cool. And they need to keep bringing more in, you know? it's it, They got a, a solid start to their division, but they still need more. It is. She's another British wrestler, which is good. Bring her in. She's somebody that NXT hasn't taken from the British market, which is really good. And um, I, I don't know a lot about her, but I know that um, I know she's a British female wrestler who's been making a name for herself. I I can honestly say that I don't think I've watched a match of hers. Uh, I might have maybe didn't know it, but it's good. It's good that they are building a tag roster, a women's roster, and a heavyweight roster, as well as we don't know whatever secondary roster they might have, whether it's... That'll be interesting, what they decide to call their, their secondary title. Yeah. There, there you go, pasty. That's our homework for next week. You and I are both going to come up with a name for the secondary title for AEW. All right. You got that? Yeah. There you go. I like that. We can do that. I'm going to be way out of the box, too. It's not going to be like the the perennial landmass championship. Yeah. God damn it! That's what I had written down! <laughs> I was gonna have the Pangea Championship. Before the continent split, there was We're one bringing the Pangea. world together with this title. <laughs> I like that. Let's go with the. the what, what, Let's come up with a, a secondary title for AEW. That sounds it fun. It could be any mm. fucking thing. We don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Uh, what else happened on episode five, man? Well, on episode five, Cody and Brandy announced a partnership with Culture City to make Double or Nothing Wrestling's first sensory inclusive event. This is super badass. I love this. I'm so happy to hear this. This it's is going to awesome. be such a relief. And, to and so folks, many if you don't know what, yeah, if you don't know what this is, um, pay attention. Pacey's going to explain it to well, you. Well, fans with autism, victims of PTSD, stroke survivors, and other disorders will be able to enjoy the show with assistances that caters to their needs. The couple showed off an example of a sensory room Culture City had already installed in an arena, featuring a quiet space with various sensory toys, adjustable lighting, and aqua lights on the walls to help calm the senses of those in need. This is great. We all know that there are so many special needs children that attach to pro wrestling for whatever the reason is. They really get into it, and and it's good. And sometimes, especially like with autistic children, but also PTSD and other things, there's some things that you just need to avoid. The pyro, the flashing lights, the loud noises, the uh, uh, people right beside you. Um, as, as somebody who has uh, autistic children in the family, uh, although down the line... 
I, I understand this maybe a little more than some, but even so, I mean, I just think this is this is one of the coolest things I've seen a pro wrestling company do in a long time. It really time. shows they care. You know, it's the little things that that are going to be so helpful to so many people who just want to be able to go to one of these events, but might not be able to handle it. Truly. And it's not your fault if you were born with autism. It's not your fault if you have gone through something that has given you post-traumatic stress disorder. It's not your fault if you've had a stroke and you survived. It's not your fault. Right. But Pasty, there's someone who didn't survive a stroke. Right. And that person is Luke Perry, father of one of AEW's newer signings, Jungle Boy. That son of a bitch should have just hung out in that sensor. It wasn't installed yet. Had to do. They didn't have enough time. Why, the Luke Aqualites Perry? The Aqualites didn't come in Why? until Tuesday. <laughs> we were too Jungle late, Boy. Cody. Scrap the whole damn project. <laughs> Jungle Boy is now a jungle bastard! Jungle Boy ripped up his contract and signed up with WWE, changing the fate of the world forever. Damn it, Cody! Uh, We make so much light, but we do. We give our condolences Uh. to the family friends and fans of Luke Perry. Uh, he made a big impact in pasty in my life because he was huge back when we were younger. Yeah, I didn't really care for uh, Maybe more so me than you. That's not really my demo, especially yeah, when that I was, was probably young. That was probably done before you were into yeah. it. But, no, I was always uh, irritated that day because that, you know, that's prime time. That's when good TV is supposed to be on. What is this shit? <laughs> yeah. Um, but my mom loved it. And people love uh, Riverdale. Yeah, and he was, and he was, he was young, younger than King Kong Bundy. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, so there you go, Luke Perry, man. We we feel for you, look. Uh, on to better news, top UK independent wrestling star Kip Sabian has wrestled his last match for the World Association of Wrestling and has signed with All Elite Wrestling. Um, I know the name Kip Sabian, Pacey. I don't know much about him. I don't have much to say about him. I don't know uh, about he's you. He's been there for, for quite a few years. Um, obviously, World Association of Wrestling is the, 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 the British company that is owned by Paige's family. Yes. Um, he's been, I think he's been with them for like nine years. Oh. And he gave him. a very heartfelt goodbye, thanking the family individually. And yeah, it's just time for a new chapter in his life. It's another, you know, lesser known star that I'm really excited to get to know. He's got a good repertoire. I mean, been trained by some of the greats. That's the awesome thing about AEW. They got big names like Jericho Omega Bucks. They got mid names like SoCal Uncestor, uh, Uncensor, Uncestored, Ancestors, Ancestors, SoCal Uncensored, 
um, MJF, Joey Janela, all of that. And then they got people like Jungle Boy and Kip Sabian and uh, Bay Presley that are just, you know, they could be the next big thing. They might be nothing. They might only <laughs> wrestle a few matches and they mm-hmm. let them go. We don't know. But that's the thing AEW but needs it's, to be it's doing. Something Not different. everybody can be a household name. Otherwise, you are just they everything that the people who are shitting on you right now say you are. You're just, exactly. you're just a horrible be. Frankenstein monster of all these other well-known companies. No, you should be cultivating your own talent. Plus, it's cheaper, which is great. That's And that's smart. That's good business yeah. sense. So every time they, they sign one of these guys that I don't know much about, I, maybe, I know I've heard Kip Sabian's name before. I have too, but I, like I said, I haven't really seen much of him. Um... But I'm sure he keeps in good shape, um, much like we're going to do with uh, some DDP yoga at the Galactic Get yes. Down. But there's someone who, uh, who wants to go at it without DDP yoga. Maybe he thinks he's going to start his own training regimen, Pasty, and this is an AEW affiliate. Yes, indeed. Hangman Adam Page announced that the full, or announced... The Full Gear Challenge this week. After the Double or Nothing ticket press release last month, Cody told Paige to put on a shirt that he was not not in the shape to wear full gear and to lose some weight. Lose some weight! When seeking advice from the Bucks of Youth, he was advised he needed to bulk up and was too small. Bulk up! It's been great watching this on on being the elite week after week because he's getting like they're they're all making fun of him and telling him different things. So now he's got to lose weight while bulking up at the same time. He's going crazy about it. How am I supposed to do this? And then he came out with this challenge and he'll be hosting this for the next three months until double or nothing on his Instagram page where he'll have a workout regimen. You can join him to get in shape. For full gear, you can do it. And, and let's be honest, uh, Adam Page, way better shape than Fat Mac. Oh yeah, Pasty. it's just he doesn't look like much when standing next to Pac. Nobody <laughs> looks like much when standing next to Pac. That man is a fucking living Adonis. Holy shit! It's like it's it's either him or it's uh Johnny come lately, whichever Johnny you want to call him. Those two have got the best abs in the world. And I don't know which one's better. They should make a baby. They should make a gay baby. I want a gay baby for And Finn Balor. Just let's splice all I mean, their the genetics. The baby doesn't have to be gay. Finn Balor with fucking Johnny Mundo's hair, Finn Balor's face. And Pac's body. What if we just took all of their six packs together? <laughs> just added just, them up. <laughs> just, yeah, just, just added up all 18 of them sons of bitches. Be like a... I don't know what it would be like. Turning a cage is thinking about it. It'd be like a roller might have to move on to s- at, at Super America might have to move on with to the hot dogs. <laughs> 
Only oh, you and pasty. I would be the hot dogs <laughs> slathered up in oil. <laughs> Speaking of hot dogs slathered in oil, sometimes oil just isn't enough. You got to slather them in some barbecue sauce. And the man who's got the best barbecue sauce, J.R. Pasty. That's right. Good old Jim Ross confirmed he will be leaving WWE when his contract expires later this month. On his say it isn't so. It's so. On his podcast, Ross stated, after ta- talking a couple of weeks ago with Vince McMahon, we have mutually agreed that I need to move on. JR said he wants to continue commentating, but either Vince himself or those who have his ear do not share that view. All the most rampant speculation says JR will be AEW bound because you remember it's that company that he and Chris Jericho were starting. It all goes back to that. I mean, it's got to suck to be JR because you got brought back with this high honor for WWE and then he uses you like twice in shitty situations. But he didn't get brought back for anything, right? Right. Like he got brought back on a... Per appearance basis. Yeah, but he wants to be doing things, which is weird. You know, Vince, you've got so many people on commentary. Couldn't you swap somebody out for JR? I think everybody would ra- rather listen to that him than Todd Phillips. I, I agree with that, but I also agree with JR is the past, and WWE should not stick to that. With that being said... JR's work on New Japan's Axis show has been decent at best and bad at worst. Um, Maybe being brought into an American market again, he can do so much better. Uh, The Mae Young Classic, the original Mae Young Classic, he was awful in as well. So it almost makes you wonder, does JR just need old white male wrestlers to be able to be a good commentator? Like They got to move slow enough for him. I, I hate to say, I think he might be past his time. I think that AEW isn't the place for a 65-year-old fucking Bell's Palsy cowboy barbecue-slanging cocksucker to to slang his shit. Like, this might not be the place for good old JR. He's got a place. JR's got a place. I'm not... Yeah, I mean, you can put him as voiceover for a lot of shit on WWE Network interviews uh, I wouldn't mind having alternate commentary on some old school shit on the WWE Network from JR I think it's great if you put him on old white male wrestler commentary I think he's great I think he comes from an era where he's not good at promoting non-white non-male wrestlers and I, I'm sorry if that sounds shitty, and I'm sorry if I pissed off any Jim Ross fans or any Trump supporters, but I think he's not good at promoting non-white, non-male wrestlers. That's my personal opinion. And AEW seems to not 
seems to not be about being white and male. That's what, at least that's what they're promoting at this point. Yeah. It doesn't need to be white. It doesn't need to be male. It doesn't need to be (laughs) hetero. It's just fucking wrestling. And Jim Ross is not the guy to promote just wrestling. That's my opinion. Yeah. Younger and energetic, more announcer would suit AEW better. I mean, the prestige of having JR on would be cool for a minute, but yeah, you it's can't. a name. <sighs> JR and King. Anytime WWE puts them on the table these days is not a good time. It's not it's a not good time. Good. They fall asleep. They, they, they <laughs> have literally folks falling asleep. If you haven't <sighs> seen it. They literally fell asleep at uh, Raw's 25th anniversary or 50th anniversary yeah, whatever or whatever it big was. Raw celebration that had two arenas. They literally fell asleep. Oh, we were looking at our phones. Yeah, right. We know you dinosaurs don't know what a fucking smartphone is. <laughs> You're still on a rotary. I would love to see. I'd love to see somebody like an A, uh, a double on commentary. Like we we talked about him last week as being somebody we want to see in the ring. I want to see him as a producer. even if he isn't in the ring. He would be he would be awesome as as comment. Yeah, he'd be awesome as a producer, as creative. Like he would be awesome as any or all three at mm-hmm. once. Just let him do everything. You, you you have a contract to run around and take part in whatever you want to do at any time. That might, from what we know of fucking A-double, that might not be good. We might want to specify a couple things. Remember when Joey Ryan I don't mean- came down to the ring flagged by a, a, a band of <laughs> penis costume wearing men? Well, now everybody's going to come to the ring flagged by bands of banana costume wearing men. And I will gaze fondly from the gorilla position. Yeah, the the phalanx of uh, phallic fighters was something else. Isn't that the title of the new um, ICP album? FFF? Phalanx of Phallic Fighters. Yeah, Phalanx of Phallic Fighters. <laughs> it is. Pretty good album. If you don't if you haven't listened do to you it, watch, yet, check it out. Um, it's worth a one through. This has nothing to do with anything. Do you watch Killer Mike's uh documentary? No, it seems angry and I'm white and I think he's gonna make me cry. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's right there in the description. It's like, uh... I didn't, okay. I didn't think about that. You're white. You might not I, like I it. I would like it. I would like it, but I don't want to be made to feel bad about myself when I'm not inherently a bad person. Yeah, you won't like it. I, I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> but there was some Juggalo stuff that was made there? me... Was there? Okay. Like, positive like Juggalo what? stuff. Like, I just said positive Juggalo <laughs> stuff. Not listen. I, I listen. You're not telling me details. Now you're gonna make me go watch it. He made. He made a. He made a. He made a. A, a brand new cola, Cola. <laughs> to have the Crips like, like, like promote their business. That's great. Crip-a-cola. So he's one of the ones that saying got- Juggalos are a gang because if black people have to go through it. No, 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 no. Super opposite. Super opposite. He says Juggalos are just like every single one of us, and that. They need to be inclusive in it. No, no, completely the opposite. He he embraces the jugglers and brought them into his new nation that he created. Ooh, what's his nation called? 
Is it Murder uh, Nation? Oh, what was it called? Anyways, there. Yeah, he created his own nation. I don't remember <laughs> what it was called, to be honest. But it was based off the religion of sleep, and that's a whole other episode, also. <laughs> I it's love a, it's Killer a good Mike. Show. He's- He's great. But uh, in all honesty, I I admit I, I admit if you're white, it's probably not the best show. Like the first episode is all about white. trying to live black. <laughs> well, nobody wants to be white, but at the same time, nobody wants to be I black. I won't say it's not nice <laughs> sometimes. Nobody wants to be not white, and nobody wants to be white. So I guess nobody wants to yeah, be what you they just are. Don't want, and life is better, right? Yeah, it's a good show. <laughs> uh, has nothing to do with anything else. Uh, pasty. Let's get into. Uh... Well, there's a couple yeah, things I wanted to talk about to that I didn't quite hit the news with. What hit the news well, with, man? Xavier Woods put out a tweet today. I almost brought back two tweet for this, but there was only the one. There was maybe another one, but I forgot. But anyways, Xavier Woods put out a tweet today saying, oh, it's a good thing I checked out my Twitter. Otherwise, I wouldn't know I had a match at the pre-show on Sunday where it was announced that Big E and Xavier will be taking on Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura on the pre-show for Fastlane. Oh, there you go. That's fun. Yeah, we didn't even know that. And then uh, did you hear about this Ronda Rousey shit? On her YouTube no. channel, she, uh, you could tell, like, it's a work down to the core, but she's all snapping oh, okay. off about yep. wrestling yep. And, and fans, and she hates How everybody, and she's and not going to play their games anymore and, and say what they want her to say, and she's going off the yep. script, and, you know, don't break kayfabe, Rhonda. Well, I don't care. Wrestling is fake, and I'm better than any of those bitches. Which is obviously WWE produced. Right. Yeah, it's on her YouTube channel. So Completely one hundred percent. Yeah, but but we know that she wouldn't. Somebody with that big of a contract at that big of a status. But yeah. they are saying Raw went off script on Raw because Raw ended five minutes sooner than it should have. What did she do? do she we just. Know? I think she just cut her promo short. She said. Um, Damn the man, screw the woo, and 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 uh, something the authority, and then she attacked uh, uh, Lynch and put her in an arm bar, and I guess Lynch was crying afterwards too, so she might have put it in hard because something Lynch did <sighs> referencing her husband and a penis. It's a work. Yeah, shoot. no, they're they're doing it really that. good. It, they're it, it they're using go, social media yeah. better than WWE is using their abilities. And, and I enjoy that's good. that. That's a lot super of people, good. A lot of wrestlers don't like it. But, I mean, if you're not going to get the Probably screen time not. to get your story across the right way, do it on your own time. Well, again, we're in a middle ground because wrestling... And obviously, I would say probably, but obviously because wrestling was such a protective and secretive group... It's taken them so much longer to get into this whole social media aspect 
that, yeah, they're a little farther behind, but that's, that is the future. The proof is AEW. AEW used social yeah, media. To a fucking company. 100%. And they, yeah, they created an entire fucking wrestling I know company. Dolph, or not Dolph Ziggler. Xavier Woods is aspiring to get into mobile games. So these motherfuckers need to. He wants to make a mobile just GM realize game. that the future and I would is love that so much. Yeah, that's that's the future, and somebody as savvy as as Ronda Rousey, I, I would dare say, as savvy as Roman Reigns or John Cena or any of them other ones, of course, should use social media to the mm-hmm. best of Becky's their abilities. Becky's teaching everybody. That's, that's how you super do it. Smart. And over here, you can say fucking shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. If it's not officially WWE, you can do this. Mm-hmm. I love it. It is Anything funny how Ron is like, wrestling's fake. Like, it's some edgy thing that, like, everybody doesn't already know. That we didn't know in It's 93. fake and scripted, yeah. and I'm not going to say what they want me to say anymore. Oh, hey, here's an important question that came up in my lifetime, and I think it's a good one to end the show on. Okay, this came up. We've been watching some Rick and Morty. We've been watching some uh, South Park. Who is the more pathetic human being? Stop before you say anything else. I'm guessing that you're going to say either Jerry or Butters. Yep, there you go. You got it right there. And it's obviously Jerry. Butters is... is <laughs> Only because he's got a whole lifetime ahead of him, I think. That's where he gets the leeway from. But Butters is a pretty pathetic individual. When when he, he gets the school uh, pictures... He started when he gets out, the school pictures and he comes home he's, and he's just got a normal face and his parents are like, oh, these are bad. Why, why are you making a face? You're grounded. Yeah, but he started out as pathetic, but he's really grown since then. And he's Professor Chaos, which his only his only want is to spread chaos. You don't think Jerry's gonna get Jerry's gonna get some kind of an angle like that? Hundred percent. But he hasn't, so I'm going off what we have. (laughs) Jerry's far more. I do think it's awesome that I knew who you were gonna say between the two shows. Those are the two most pathetic. Actually, no, Scott Malkinson is way more <laughs> pathetic in South Park than Butters. Scott, I'm Scott right. Malkinson. I got diabetes. He's not nearly you know, as like, poignant, though, as Butters is. Butters is on that Jerry level. No, of, of but I think Butters, every now and then, Butters comes up with some badass shit to where I'm just like, he's got something in him. Remember the, Butters, uh, Jerry? the, the gay Jerry camp? Butters? Remember the gay camp episode? Remember the gay camp episode where he yes. had to go to gay camp? Like, he You're really confused. stood up yes, for himself yes, and he's I'm like, so Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm gay and I'm proud of it. The motherfucker didn't know what gay was, but he was just like, he's owning it. Um, Easily, Butters could grow up to be Jerry, but no, I, I think Jerry, I think Butters. I think Butters has way more testicular <laughs> well, fortitude in a pro chin. wrestling term. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, he does. Then Jerry. I want to see them have a pathetic. Jerry's. Act. 
Jerry's the kind of guy who would go into a restroom and be scared to whip it out just if there's somebody standing next to him in the urinal. Where Butters is the kind of guy who would drop trow and sing, Lulu, I got some apples. Lulu, would you like some too? That's the biggest difference right there. Like, Butters has got no shame. He might be pathetic, but he has no shame. And Jerry is like all shame. I like human music. It's like, get the fuck out of here, Jerry. That was a good question, though. I didn't yeah. like that Yeah, one. no, it, it came up, and I'm like, this is a golden, important question that must be asked on the show. Yeah, the answer is by can far, we do? Jerry. Can we do a BBC <laughs> cross-analyzing the two? We have our I'm answer. I'm down for it. We'll dissect the characters. Yeah, I'm down that for it. That could be fun. All right, Pacey, you about ready to call I it a think night? so, my friend. Off ready for the blizzard? I'm ready for fucking 12 inches of rain and three inches of snow, which is probably going to be bad also. Yeah. Uh, but sounds like it's going to be different where you're at. Yep. More snow than rain. With that being said, with my mini ha-hop IPA, I am Fat Mac. And my name, as always, is Pasty for Cloud Style Broadcasting. Thank you for tuning in. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash Podcast. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. And we have a Patreon, too. We'll have more information on that soon as we are currently in a revamping process. But yeah. We are. It was so bad. You always make me do these things. I don't want to do these things. I'm going to be right back. I got to take a shit.